Some people deny it. No, I don't have a problem. I'm fine. Um, but if you really want to get healthy, and that's what we're talking about, then you have to get honest. Honesty and health, I think, go hand in hand. If you're not prepared to get honest, you're not going to get healthy. Welcome to This Is Us podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Hansen, and my wife and I have the honor of serving alongside an amazing team as lead pastors of Hillsong Church in Denmark and Malmö. This podcast is a collection of short episodes regarding life, leadership, and culture. If you haven't done so already, please click follow and subscribe. And as always, if you find this to be valuable, feel free to share it with others. So, Phil, we are we're talking about the areas of family, faith, finances, and we couldn't find a, a word that started with F for health. Uh, we've called it felt, but that doesn't feel right. Um, we we thought fitness. Uh, yes, but as we're gonna talk about today, health goes beyond just fitness. Aha, goes beyond fitness. Goes beyond health. Oh, you're gonna have mental fitness. Okay, physical fitness, spiritual fitness, emotional fitness. We off. We off. And up See? and running. I should have called you. We're I, back. I should have called you a month ago. Mm. I, I did yes. <laughs> before we before we launched the whole campaign. <laughs> I sh- I should have answered the call. <laughs> well, yes, but here we are. But this here, is us. This is us. We are who we are, and we're talking about health or fitness. You can decide. I mean, people do have a bookmark printed out where it says health. Because we're going on a 21, we are on a 21-day journey of finding your focus and setting a trajectory, not okay. just for January, but setting a trajectory for 2022. What are some of the things in 2022 that we want to start? What are some of the things in 2022 that we want to stop? And what kind of person do we want to be? Those are kind of the questions we're asking ourselves. A new you in 2022. There you go. People can write that down. Write it That's down. That's what I want. Like I said, mm. you should have picked up a month ago. This this whole <laughs> campaign would have been different. Very different. It's not too late. It's not too it's late. It's not too late. February. We can do a February fast. Yeah. A follow-up. A follow-up. Exactly. Exactly. But, Phil, when it comes to fitness, you, you are a fit human being, a fit specimen of a human being. That's not a question. That's a statement. You have uh, you've taken the time in. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you've taken the time during the uh, lockdown of building a, a home gym or expanding your home gym, and setting some you know setting some habits and routines in your life. And could you try and explain a little bit of the reasoning behind that? Have you always been that like that? Have you always been fit or always had that as a priority in your life? Um, I know, obviously. You know, you grew up surfing and that, you know, there's always a physical outlet. But has that always been something that's been part of your world? Actually, no, not really. I think I've taken the health element of um, my life and the fitness element more seriously as I've got older. Um, and I'm glad I've, I've made that commitment um, because to me it's more than just uh, physical well-being, it actually also has an impact on your emotional state. 
Um, I think anyone who's done a run, done any kind of workout um, or anything like that, you know, they have what is called endorphins that start cruising around as you start doing this kind of activity. And uh, it helps you. It changes your your mood often even. So it's not just about wanting to physically look good. It's also about emotionally um, helping you to just stay in a positive mood. Um, and so I've found for my mental health as well as my physical health and well-being uh, that, um, you know, some kind of exercise plays a significant role in that. And that's, I've I've become more and more aware of that as I've got older and more and more aware of the need of that for my own well-being. And so how long a journey has this been now for you? It's been quite a few years. It's, I think, um, I was, you know, when we've been here in Cape Town for 13 years and South Africa for 13 years. And I think, Prior to that, I always enjoyed the outdoors and I was going to the gym um, a bit, you know, starting to get on this journey. I always, it's interesting, I, I always hated running, loved playing cricket, which I know is not a sport that the Danes are necessarily particular for, particularly familiar with. Um, but, you know, I grew up playing cricket in the backyard with the family, with my dad and my brothers and, you know, just generally running around and, Doing all the stuff you do when you've when you got brothers and when you kind of live the the Australian climate is quite an outdoors kind of climate. So yeah, you go to the beach and things like that. But then I think when we moved here, so about thirteen years ago, I was in my later thirties, started taking that part of my life more seriously, and aware that with the stress, if you want to call it stress, the things that we are carrying and building church, the responsibilities we had, even with raising a younger family, um, you can actually neglect that part of your life. Uh, but I was understood, okay, I need to make an investment in myself. And that's not always something that we feel comfortable with, especially, you know, when we've got a family and you know, you're quite sacrificial and you're investing in your kids and maybe in their education and you're investing in having a nice family holiday and, uh, you know, you're buying a house and you're investing in all of that. But I was like, I need to invest in myself. And I think um, I, re- I remember going and seeing a personal trainer and saying, okay, I'm going to commit and pay up front, I think, three months uh, with a personal trainer. So, you know, if you pay up front, you, you, there's more likely you're like, I've already paid, I better go do this. And that really helped me. I think having a coach, having someone in your life that holds you accountable, that also helps you if you're doing any kind of fitness or any area of your life that you're growing into. I think it can be quite intimidating if you want to learn and develop skills, but having a coach can really help you to get over that insecurity give you, you know, the necessary skills to know how to, you know, use equipment at a gym or what kind of workouts are are a good way to um, look after your body. And then you just, you know, there's a momentum that you build uh, over time. And I think it's important that the momentum is something that you stick at. And um, that's something that I've managed to to do. Um, but it started with a commitment and a mindset that said, I've got to invest more in myself. And in investing myself, that was also going to help my family. Wow. And I think help the church that I would be a better 
leader, better husband, father, because I was actually um, investing in my own physical well-being and also the emotional uh, health that was developed out of that. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think people they realize how much, you know, if you if you're not working out, how much is actually in your body that that is just storing up. Like I know for adrenaline, you know, that's being created by stress or being created by, I mean, for those of us that are on platform or you know, there can be all this adrenaline floating through. And I don't know about you, but if if I'm not in the gym Monday morning, burning that adrenaline off, it just it makes me sluggish. It it, it just it's in my body. And it's just sitting there. And I mean, f- physically, it becomes poison if there's too much of it. Um, but that's that's what I find. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I, I think everyone has different ways of dealing with it. But you've got to find something that's an, an outlet for you. Um, and yeah, exactly. If you don't do that, you tend to store up toxins in your body. Um, but, you know, it's it's amazing how good workout. You're kind of sweating, but you're also... Exactly as you say, you're releasing toxins, you're changing your mindset, you're not thinking about maybe things that are overwhelming you, you're just focusing on getting a good workout done and um, you feel great afterwards and then we go and jump in some uh, some cold water and uh, sometimes that is hard, other times it's easier. Today it was easier because it's hot and we'd sweated um and you just feel great it's a, it's amazing how it literally does elevate your mood and i think it's it is hard to get initially into the habit of that but i've realized as well sometimes we overthink it like i'll go for a run a 5k run and you know that'll take me what 30 minutes or so um maybe it takes someone a little bit longer but actually let's say you just put an hour aside like what are you going to do? You're like, I could easily waste an hour sitting in front of Netflix or something, or I just actually, let me just go do something. Even if it's just to go for a walk, go for and go to the gym. Most workouts are 45 minutes, you know, a bit of a stretch before stretch after you're done in an hour. And I think we overthink these things. And sometimes it's just a matter of just getting there and just, just doing the best you can whatever that standard you're at is, and then you're like, oh, flip, I, I did 30 minutes. Or even if it's just I'm going to run for 30 minutes, not how far I'm going to go, but I'm just going to run for 30 minutes or I'm going to run, I'm going to walk, I'm going to run, I'm going to walk. And you're just building something up that's improving over time. But to me, there's a momentum uh, that that is really significant to this as well, that it builds into your life. And, yeah, you're dealing with a lot of a way of dealing with the stresses mm that we carry and if we don't deal with them in a healthy way they tend to find other ways to manifest in us which can be unhealthy yeah it's funny how we often let the lack of the ideal you know make us passive so we don't take any action i mean i find that in all areas yeah yeah it's like for me for example in my bible reading i love my paper bible i love my paper notebook but if i don't have my paper bible and paper notebook on me like it's like I'm not going to read on my phone because I need to read this in my paper Bible so I can take note. And then you miss the moment, and that's the the whole idea was to sit and read your Bible. It wasn't so that you could get a kick out of you know writing in your paper Bible. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, you- yeah. Look, it, it is hard. Yeah, I th- I think there are things that you feel comfortable with, and it is good to acknowledge those. So, 
you know, to me, if if you're saying actually I feel more comfortable to read when I have my paper Bible with me, then you know the little hack for you is to make sure you pack it into your backpack or wherever you're going, so it's you've got it and it's there, um, so there isn't that excuse. Um, but you're absolutely right. There are some things that we enjoy. I don't know why, but there's certain things that we're more comfortable with and. Um, and rather than force against those, although sometimes you have to, trying to understand those and create little ways to use them to motivate you to do the things you really want to do. Yeah, I was reading someone the other day, a, they talked about the psychology of a streak, being on a winning streak and yeah. of how just, you know, I don't want to miss a day, I don't want to miss a day. And obviously, that's also how apps and companies get you hooked because it's like there's a reward. There's a daily reward. You got to get in and get your daily reward. Yeah, yeah. But you can use that for your mm. advantage as well. Like I, I, I want to read my Bible mm. every day. I don't want to miss a day. So, I mean, you, I mean, you are so out of everyone I know, you would have to be one of the most disciplined people I know when it comes to your health. Um, I know that I... I've often told the story here to our church that the reason I got into health about eight years ago was that I was sitting with a friend and uh, who was a very healthy person, and I was, you know, he was sitting eating his spinach and broccoli on one side of the table. I was sitting and pushing my bacon around in a bowl of ice cream, and he kind of just looked at me and said, uh, "What are we going to talk about it?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "You look at you." And at that point, I was 20 kilos heavier than I am today. And that was the catalyst to get me started to think about my health. Now, he is what I call a 3 a.m. friend, that he's the kind of person that will you know, be there in a time of need. But when it comes to setting habits, you need the 9 a.m. friend, someone like you that can actually mm. just you know, create that community and accountability of saying, hey, you know, like you, and you and I, we will text most days. Most of it is rubbish. But you know, now and then, there will be a... What was your workout today? Something of value. Something of value. Yeah, you got to dig through it. You got. Yeah, <laughs> you got to dig through it. <laughs> but now and then, like sifting gold. Now and then, there was a nugget. <laughs> but how have you? How do you exactly create? The way it should be. How do you create these these rhythms and disciplines? Because I know you and I, we've been at conferences back in the day when we could travel. And, you know, it doesn't matter what, how late it is, we will look at each other and go, hey, we'll see you in the gym at 7 a.m. tomorrow. And we will make sure that those habits are still held in place, even when you're not in your normal place. Hmm. Well, I think it's always good to have someone you can do that with. So, you know, if I say to you or you say to me, see you tomorrow at 7 a.m., there's a lot more accountability <laughs> to be there than... If I just said in my own head, oh, I'm going to get up and go to the gym. Um, but so that is helpful to have a friend. I, look, I think, again, there's momentum that you build into your life and your body starts to enjoy certain things. So, you know, if you miss doing some kind of physical exercise, you can, you can like you say, you know, you can feel a bit more sluggish. And so you tend to want to do these things. Um, but again, it's a momentum that you develop over time. And I, again, I think also, you know, some people can feel intimidated or 
even if you're traveling and it's like, oh, it's not my normal gym. I don't know where everything is. I'm like, to me, it's more about I got up and I went down and I did something than I absolutely crushed it and it was the greatest workout I've ever done or the fastest run or whatever. It's like that actually doesn't matter. That's secondary. Um, And I think for some people, they get intimidated into thinking, I have to do this perfect. I have to know what I'm doing. It doesn't really matter. But it's more about, like you say, that streak that you continue to build. And even if it wasn't perfect, it wasn't the greatest, you did something. And I think there's a mental sense of accomplishment that you've kind of won the day. Mm. Um, So those kind of things I, I find really helpful. And then it kind of carries on into other areas. So it does carry into... Oh, I'm going <laughs> to read my uh, one-year Bible now. I'm going to journal a little bit. I'm, you know, going to meditate for a couple of minutes. Now, <laughs> those things tend to flow. Apologies, guys. Um, I feel like I need to wash the, the speakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the good thing is we're, you know, thousand plus kilometers away, so you never I know with this un- one, unless the virus t- transmits. It's mutated. It's transmitting through the airwaves. A computer virus and um, then out into a real virus. Yes. But I, I just think for people, you know, you you don't actually have to change that much of your lifestyle um, to improve, improve in some areas. You just, you just have to decide, okay, well, that hour that was going to be in front of the TV or checking through social media – Put that aside, and I'm just going to go down the gym, and I'm, you know, going to, you know, lift some weights, or I'm going to get on a treadmill or on a rower. And um, I, I do think there's so much out there now as well online. So if you are a little bit, I'm not sure what to do. There's workouts you can find online and go, okay, great, I'll just follow this. So when you go to the gym, I'm right. just going to do this. I'm going to lift this, and those things all help as well. Um, and when I first started, I did, ha- like I said, I had a coach. And even when I would travel, um, he would sometimes, I'd ask him, hey, can you send us some workouts? And he'd send us some workouts that we could do um, when I was away. Uh, so you just keep that momentum going. I mean, over the last few years, there's definitely been also in, in leadership circles, there's been a a view or a shift in terms of looking at health, not just physical health, but understanding that health, aka fitness, is it's a holistic thing. <laughs> you know that it it, go, yes. it goes across into other areas. That it's you know you can be physically strong but still be unhealthy in other areas of your life. Um, and mm. and I know that you've. You've also been on a journey of looking at and seeing, and I know you and I talk about this, of emotional health and health in your mind and you know health on the inside and not just in your physical flesh and blood and muscles. Um, and this is a journey that I think is, I mean, probably is going to be more important now than ever coming out of COVID season, you know, and the tear that it's taken yes. on people. Yeah, it's it's a big one, I think, that emotional health and well-being. People have been in isolation. Uh, normal routines have been challenged. Um, you know, and I, I know for some people it's like 
if we talk just about the physical, well, I haven't been able to go to the gym, you know. So to me, I'm like, okay, well, maybe there's just physical things you can do, just body weight stuff, just to keep yourself fit and healthy and um, and all of that. And And I think the emotional one, I know for me it's a personal one because my mum suffered with mental illness, depression for many years. Um, you know, she was a Christian, she had a strong faith, but she still had this battle. And I think it's naive for us to assume sometimes that just because we're people of faith that we shouldn't struggle in our mental or emotional state, that we can still have moments where we get overwhelmed or we feel depressed or um, you know, there's kind of some darkness over us that we're like, how do I handle this? I'm still reading my Bible or I'm still going to church. I'm still in relationship with God, but I just seem to have this emotional um, weight or uh, anxiety, whatever you want to want to term it, that's that's hanging over me. And um, so I think it's important, firstly, to acknowledge that that is real. Um, that it's even people who, yeah, have a faith can have to deal with that. Um, pastors have to deal with that. Anyone who, you know, faces any kind of trauma, I think particularly we've talked a little bit about trauma. Um, and I know in my own story and with my mum, she had a very bad, her parents had a bad divorce when she was, I don't know, 10 or so that that age. And I think that really affected her. I don't think she understood the impact that had on her because that was at an age where divorce is fairly common now. Um, it's still painful. It's still very difficult, um, no doubt. But I think her parents got divorced at an age and a, a season where divorce was not, it, it didn't happen that much. So you're a young girl carrying the weight of your parents are divorced. It's not as prevalent as it is. Is there something wrong with you? Do you cause it? So I think all of us need to be aware that there is different trauma that can come in and affect us and affect us deeply. And um, we need to acknowledge that. And, you know, for some of us, it, it comes at different times as well, Thomas, like, you may be totally fine in your 20s. You may be totally fine in your 30s. And then suddenly you hit your 40s and you're like, what's wrong? Why am I so overwhelmed? Why am I crying? Or why is this? Or, you know, you get married and you're fine. And then you have kids and suddenly the trigger of being a father affects mm. you because it draws out things associated with um, maybe your own father. There are different triggers that I find happen at different seasons and stages of our life. Um, and we need to be aware of them and understand that we all face them at different times and then go, okay, how do I deal with this in a way that's going to be healthy and not detrimental or damaging to me or and, and to others around me? Because that's where sometimes it can be excessive alcohol. Um, it can be, you know, addiction to porn or, you know, a range of different things. Sometimes it can be just a workaholic attitude, just trying to strive to succeed, to be successful, um, you know, because your own self-esteem and identity is um, is not healthy. 
all different things, you know, you can, you can get addicted to. Maybe it's, you get overwhelmed with anger and it's like, why am I getting so angry at my kids or my wife? Or why am I, you know, losing it? I never used to be like that. And these type of things happen to all of us and we've got to acknowledge them and then ask the deeper question, why am, why am I being drawn to that? What's the pain that I'm trying to, um, to find uh, a healing for or, or suppression to, you know, numbing to that pain. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so good. And I mean, first of all, thanks for the honesty as well, because, you know, you can look at the things in your life. And I think that's, it's so true what you say. And I mean, I'm not a therapist, um, but you know, like finding the patterns, you know, finding why am I doing this? Because these, mm. something can start out as innocent as, I just want a glass of wine at the end of the day, or I just want this, I just want that. And it becomes just a release for the day. But suddenly there is a pattern and it goes from something that is an outlet to suddenly a coping mechanism. And But well, like what you're saying, taking a step back and going and saying, yeah, but what happened that day? What happened that week? What, what's the, what was the prelude to that explosion? What was the prelude to that dumb decision or whatever it is? And you start seeing like, okay, it's whenever there's stress yeah. or whenever there's a lot on or whenever, whatever it might have happened that led to that point where you're like, you know, what do I do there? Yeah. So yeah. that's. And, I, and I, I think, you know, when you become aware of that, some people deny it. No, I don't have a problem. I'm fine. Um, but if you really want to get healthy, and that's what we're talking about, then you have to get honest. Honesty and health, I think, go hand in hand. If you're not prepared to get honest, you're not going to get healthy. Now, you talk about you had a friend who was honest with you about your physical health and you accepted that, you allowed them to speak honestly to you. There are other areas of our life where if we're not prepared to get honest, we're not going to get free, we're not going to get healthy. Um, so we have to be prepared to acknowledge our issues um and be honest about them and you know you don't have to be honest with everyone about them but you need some people in your life you can be honest and then you know you probably need someone who has some kind of skill whether it is a trained therapist psychologist someone like that who can um give you some tools to manage what you're dealing with to get through it um in a healthy manner and um I do love one of the things I love about church. What I love about the community that is created through church is I believe we should find others who we can trust, we can be honest with, and who want to go on a journey with us to health. That's not everyone in the congregation, but I believe that God puts us in community um, to help bring healing to each other. It's interesting in James, it talks about confess your sins one to another, and then it says, and you will be healed. So, you know, in a sense, Jesus forgives, and yes, we have to forgive others, but it's in that honest confession, that's where healing comes. And I think there's a lot of people of faith who are forgiven, but they're not necessarily healed because they haven't been prepared to get honest with others in community that's a um that's a mic drop moment it's it's yeah, uh, i think i think it's something for us to consider yeah 
No, it's so good. I mean, it's you you cannot get healthy unless you're honest. And I think that's so true. Whether I mean it starts on the scale or whether it starts in front of the mirror or whether it starts with a friend. And you know, and I think the it's also looking at all of this and asking yourself, what's your motivation? Because I think too many people, they're negatively motivated. So you just got all this bad energy. It's like, you know, I want to get fit because I don't want to be fat or I don't want to die, you know, young. When it's like, flip it around. Like, I want to get fit because I would like to run around with my kids in my 50s and 60s. And mm. I want to get healthy because mm. I don't want my marriage to end up in a divorce. I want to be you know, whatever it is, you know, like try and go, you know, we want to grow old together, not just I want to try and avoid a train train wreck. I think that matters. Look, and, and I think honesty is um, always something you've got to be careful with. Uh, Thomas, a mate of mine, I just had a surf this week and he's telling me, oh, yeah, um, for Christmas, my wife got me um, six sessions at the CrossFit box um and i'm like mate that's great news but did you stop to think what you're trying to say and um and i said you know the interesting thing is thomas i think a wife can give that to a husband but if a husband gives that to a wife let's go he could get himself he could get himself in a lot of trouble you know honey what are you saying to me you've bought me a gym membership yeah, I just want you to be healthy. No, what are you really saying? So, I think husbands out there need to be very mindful of um, the traps. Yes, that you can set yourself without even realizing. It's a minefield. And, uh, it's a minefield. Fitness. It's <laughs> it's a dangerous place. Tread careful. You, Tread you careful. Not even know. <laughs> Next thing, boom. You put that foot down. Click, click. You just stay boom. there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. But I will say marriage, I mean, talk about a place of looking in the mirror. You know, marriage is definitely a place of honesty, <laughs> of um, a revealer of what is going on inside yes. of you. <laughs> yeah, there's nowhere to hide, that's for sure, Thomas. And uh, I think throw if you've in got kids. a good wife, throw in kids. Uh, if you've got a good wife, you're going to have someone who wants the best for you but is also not afraid to um, tell you some home truths um, in a loving, honest kind of way. It's just how you go about doing that. Uh, and, then, and then when you get teenagers, uh, you're coming into that era, Thomas, uh, be prepared to deal with every kind of insecurity you've ever had and a few more um, and keep telling yourself, I am a good person. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. yeah, well, we both have, I mean, we both have good wives, but we both have uh, wives that are not afraid of saying what's on their heart. Hard on their mind, exactly. Pertaining to us. Um, but yes, yeah, but it's all for the better. I look, I've got to be honest, two things I'd say. One is I'm a different man from the one my wife married, and that's a good thing for her and for both of us. Um, I think I'm, I'm a better person, a uh, better, better man. And, and uh, secondly, I'd say I think our marriage has grown uh, in a lot of positive ways because we've been committed to that journey and those conversations. And you still have them. doesn't matter what season of life. You still going to have different conversations that need to be had but 
if you want it to be healthy, you you got to be prepared to do that. That's brilliant. Now I know Phil, you um you read a lot, and when you could travel, I know that every time you're on a plane, you'd be reading. Um, now some resources uh, in terms of emotional health, physical health, like this whole area of holistic health. Um, what are some of the top top you know authors books that you would point people to? Um, okay, so I think there's a podcast by a guy named Pete Scazzaro uh, called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. He's also got a book and he's a pastor um, and he says some good things. So, you know, that's it's worth listening to what he has to say. And I think he has a whole curriculum that you can also take your team through. And for some people that can be really beneficial um, you know, people who maybe really reflect on themselves and go, man, there's some real emotional health. Uh, so he's he's got some good resources and material. Um, I think he's got a know, great devotional books, as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a good place to start. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. I, look, I love some of Eugene Peterson's different work. It's challenging with regard to a fast-paced world and challenging us to kind of slow down in a fast-paced world and continue to connect with God, continue to connect with those people who really matter, um, you know, really making the priorities, like you said at the start, what are the priorities that matter in my life um, and am I valuing those, am I putting time into those or am I being driven by an Instagram social media world that's telling me I have to be like this. And, you know, then it makes you feel insecure and you end up, you know, you're just making decisions to try and either appease or be celebrated by a world that it kind of is a, not a, not a real world. So you, you know, you have to, you have to acknowledge that. And I think there's, there's a whole lot of books. I mean, I, I listen to all kinds of different podcasts. There's Kerry Newhoff, he has a great podcast. I like to listen to that. I listen to, um, yeah, just different people. A, a book I just finished is by a guy named Eddie Jones, who's the coach of the English rugby team, and it's about leadership. But so much of it is about him growing emotionally as a coach of a team, and uh, how to, you know, and how things have changed from when you were coaching a team. 20 years ago to how you coach a team now because people respond differently. The dynamics, you know, you don't shout and rant and rage at people. You've got to bring them on the journey. You've got to work with them. And he just talks about the different dynamics that he's learned. And I think all of us, if we're leading, coaching, pastoring, um, can all learn from these different worlds. And it's actually fascinating because he says, one of the coaches he admires the most is the guy who coaches Burnley in the Premier League. I think he's, is his name Shane someone or Sean? Could be Sean. Mm. Anyway, um, I'm sure someone will know. But the reason why he admires this guy who coaches Burnley, because you're like, Burnley, they're not such a great Premier League team. They're not at the top. But he says what he admires about this guy is they're never going to be resourced like your top teams. Right. But he manages with limited resource 
to build a team that competes at the top level. Yeah. And he knows that as soon as he develops a great player, they're going to get sold. And so he's constantly looking to bring through the new, who are the new young generation with the right mindset. And, you know, this guy who's coaching England, which is probably the most well-resourced rugby team in the world, he's asking the question, how would I go if I had limited resource? Would I be able to find a way to motivate, to, you know, develop these guys, to really give their very best when you don't have all the big money and prestige and everything? And I think it's a great challenge for all of us. Sometimes we feel we're limited by what we don't have rather than flipping it on its head and going, no, maybe this is our advantage. Maybe we're learning from our limitation and we're going to be better because of it. Mm. And I think those kind of attitudes in, when you've got the right health approach to all areas of your life um, really set you up to, to do something significant and to live a really you know, well-balanced and meaningful life. That's so good. Sean Dyke is his name. Mm. Yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. That's, um, I think that's so good. And I think it's a great place to land the plane as well because it's, you gotta, you gotta start in your reality. You gotta start with where you are at. And I think there's the, there was a, um, there was a danger in inspiration that if you get an, if you look to people that are too far ahead, <laughs> you know, it goes from being inspiring to actually being demotivating. I remember the first time visiting you in South yeah. Africa. Walking through your buildings, um, you know, Hillsong, South Africa. We were at that point, our church was like two or three years old. Not that our building state is any better now, but <laughs> I'm walking through the buildings and I was like, at some point, I remember at one point saying to you, Phil, all right, um, I'm done looking at buildings because I have now moved from inspired to actually unmotivated. <laughs> <laughs> to like, how's this ever going to happen? Yeah. And I think you can look. Yeah. I, I, you can look at people like in and, their and health or finances and yeah. it's like they are just f- too far ahead for me t- for it to even make sense. And you have someone like managing Burnley, you know, he can sit and wish he had the resources of Man City, you know, Chelsea or whatever. But at the end of the day, you've got to just go, what's in my hand? What can I do? And if I can't afford a yeah. gym membership, I can go for a walk. And I, and I think those kind of things, those small little wins okay i i can't afford a gym membership but i'm going to go for a run three times a week i'm going to do you know 10 push-ups a day and then i'm going to increase it to a one push-up you know increase it by one every week or like little things like that even with your finances okay i'm gonna i'm gonna actually put savings away it's amazing how that momentum builds and then you're like suddenly you've cleared out your debt. You know, if you just set something in place, you stick to it, and if you're in debt but you break it down into small bite-sized pieces, we've had a number of our staff who, you know, one of the key things, we, we say three things we want to help our staff and team with. One is, you know, to be physically fit and healthy. You know, it doesn't mean they have to be super strong or whatever, but just, just to be physically well uh, secondly, to be out of debt with their finances, and third, to be walking closer with Jesus. And we've had a number of team 
who've gone, man, I'd never had focused on my finances before. And I've just made simple little adjustments, pulled back in some areas, got honest in some areas. And, um, you know, six months later, we're out of debt and we never thought we'd get out of debt. And now we're building, uh, you know, a financial strength that'll help us buy a house or maybe we've bought a house and now our goal is to pay it off and we're making disciplined choices to get there. But, you know, the momentum, it's amazing how over five years, which we don't often think in a five-year, 10-year window, we think, you know, day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, but all those things build on top. And if you make a good financial choice today, you make a good emotional choice or health choice today, spiritual choice, it doesn't just impact you today. It impacts you for a long time. And if I could say my my final thought to everybody would be when you are living well and living right consistently, time is your advantage. So many people live with time being a disadvantage. I don't have enough time. You know, where's all the time gone? But if you just make good decisions, not perfect, just good decisions every day, guess what? Time's your advantage. How does a beautiful tree get to be being healthy and strong? Well, it starts at the seed and it just keeps on growing. What's what's the difference? Time. Stayed healthy and it needed time. You want to develop in any area of your life, stay healthy and allow time to do what time does. Um, and I think if people see and think like that, uh, it, it, it gives you an understanding of why today matters and you, you know, you give it your best. Brilliant. Well, that's amazing. It's a great conclusion because we're setting the trajectory for 2022. We're saying where you're going, not necessarily where you're at. So let's set a, a trajectory. Let's that's set a it. let's set a direction for 2022. That hopefully, you know, some of these some of these decisions will carry with them for the rest of their lives, and uh, we'll end up in a better, stronger, and healthier place. Direction to be in Copenhagen this year to enjoy uh, the greatest organic hot dogs on the planet. Almond croissant. Um, Yeah, we're we're talking about health and then suddenly we're going into almond croissants. Hey, there has to be a payoff. There has to be a payoff. (laughs) There has to be a payoff. Indeed, there does. That's, That's the thing. Do the things you need to do and then you can do the things you want to do. Well said. All right. Well, thanks, Phil. Thanks for being with us. It's always a pleasure. Love to everybody. Much love. See you soon. Beep, beep, beep. Thank you for listening to This Is Us podcast. Whether you listen to them as an individual or as a team, we hope that they add value to you. Make sure to click follow or subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you for joining us. We are who we are. This is us.